Hi everyone, Teo here. Um, just before this week's episode, I wanted to let you know that this week well, we was trying out a little new format of recording over the internet, um, because obviously in this day and age, recording in person is a little more complicated. Um, so for that reason, you might notice a little bit difference in quality of the sound. And also there were some syncing issues where kind of got a little bit of sync. So you might notice a couple strange moments. And um, so I'm just like to let you know about that. Um, thanks for your patience with that. I think overall, it's still really great. I'm really happy with it and learned some great stuff from my wonderful guest, Russell Angel. All right, enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to Teo Learns, the podcast where I learn things. I'm your host, Teo Tamashiro Harris, and today I'm sitting over the internet with my friend Russell Angel, who is a hobby language learner and has a degree in psychology. Welcome to the podcast, Russell. Hi, Teo. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. So Thank what you. are we going to be learning about this week? So it, uh, it's, a, it's a thing that a lot of people, you know, really want to do. They talk about, I want to learn Spanish or I want to learn this language or that language. But very few people, you know, actually pull it off. And I, uh, I was put in a situation where I had to learn a language as an adult and was pretty successful at it. And so I just kind of want to talk about some common misconceptions about how to learn a language and some good resources that somebody can use to actually do that. Because there's a lot of, a lot of misinformation and and conflicting viewpoints. Right. Uh, Because you know, it's, it's a common thing that people think that it's only easy to learn a language when you're a kid, mm-hmm. but that's actually not the case. Um, not, not really. Obviously it's easier for a kid cause they have more free time, but right. from a brain perspective, the same things are going on with a child's brain as with an adult. There was a paper from MIT that was published pretty recently. Let me get you the name of it. It, uh, it was published in a psychology journal called Cognition. And the name of the, uh, the paper is A Critical Period for Second Language Acquisition. And what they found was that the cutoff for easy language acquisition is not at five or seven. It's at 18. Really? Mm-hmm. And the primary reason for that is nothing more that once you turn 18, you get kicked out of the house and have to go get a job and all that good stuff. Really? That's really interesting, you know, because I've mm-hmm. always heard that's you know, brain elasticity and all of that. Right. So neuroplasticity is a thing, um, and children tend to have more of it, but you can induce it as an adult, just as well uh, with practice and certain things like meditation um, Mm. helps, but your brain is naturally plastic. Uh, It's just the way the brain works because the human brain's nothing like a computer. A lot of people use that kind of allegory, but it's, it's a really bad analogy. 
Okay. The uh, see the thing about learning a language is people treat it as like one thing, like the way you learn to do math. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's it's every part of your brain is involved in the process. So what people tend to do and what I did for a long time is I put the cart before the horse. I'd go and I'd study grammar mm-hmm. and, and memorize conjugation tables and go about it in kind of a classroom setting. Right. Like I took four years of Latin in high school, right? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't say, hello, how are you in Latin if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I can read it. But I can still read it to this day, but I can't speak it. Mm. It doesn't, you know, come into my mind. Whereas I went around and I I just started asking my wife and my in-laws, which is how I learned Spanish. Hey, how do you say this? How do you say that? And just started putting two and two together. And pretty soon I was able to carry on basic conversations. And it was only at that point that I started studying grammar. Because if you watch the way children learn a language, what do they start with? Yes, no. <laughs> Those types of Words. Yeah. And then sentences and speech, you know, patterns. Mm-hmm. You, you call them set piece phrases. To express this concept, you say this. And it's always the same. It's predictable. Right. And then they move into more complicated sentences. And the, the last thing you learn, right, is grammar. Mm-hmm. And that is something that, like, even children of native speakers, I've noticed. You sometimes have to teach, like, irregular forms and stuff because I remember one kid saying to me, look, I catched it or something because they were trying to say caught. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they had to learn that just, like, through feedback. Like, we would right. learn second language even as an adult. Exactly. That's what happens. A child learns how to say certain things and their brain naturally extrapolates the rules mm. from learning those things, and they start applying it to everything. And then they learn the exceptions. It's caught, not catched, and so on and such. Right. You can do the same thing as an adult, and it works for you just as well. In some respects, it works better because there's more brain development to work with. Okay. So... There's actually a specific brainwave that's involved in vocabulary acquisition. It's the N400, N400 brainwave. And when somebody is learning words, that brainwave is firing. You can hook somebody up to to brainwave detection mechanisms, I'm blanking on the word, and and actually see that going on. Hmm. The good news is learning a language is not as hard as people think it is, mm-hmm. but it, it does take time. Right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take years. Mm. So one thing, just before we get into all of it, that I wanted to ask up front would be, um, you know, what are the benefits of learning language? What have you seen in your life that has directly, like, benefited from learning another language? Well... It helps with general mental, uh, I don't know how to put this, mental, like, uh, it makes your thinking more, not fast, but 
dynamic it, maybe yeah it it i mean you're engaging a part of your brain that most adults don't make much use of and a lot of the skills somebody acquires from language learning can be translated into good study habits generally mm-hmm. um plus you can communicate with people you otherwise wouldn't be able to communicate with yeah yeah i think that's great you know one thing that i after learning some spanish that like kind of clicked for me of like oh this is great is um you know i was looking for some information on like wikipedia about some like ecuadorian historical figure or something because i was trying mm-hmm. to find out more about him and the english wikipedia page had like two sentences like he was born here he died there something like that that was just really mm-hmm. like i was like oh and then i was like oh no i wanted to learn more about him and I realized, you know, they have it in all these other languages. So I just clicked Spanish. And it's like this whole, like, 12-paragraph yeah. article with all this more information in Spanish. And I was like, now that I understand Spanish, I can have access to so much more information, so many other yeah. things. Now I'm constantly looking up recipes in Spanish when I want, like, actual, like, uh, Latino food and stuff. <laughs> right. For sure. It opens up a whole new world. Mm. Plus memes in Spanish. I know you love those. (laughs) (laughs) I I enjoy them more than most uh, memes in my native language. (laughs) That's, that's the, that's the other thing. It, it it really broadens one's horizons. Um, Different cultures have different senses of humor. And Mm -hmm. I find that certain aspects of my personality even change. Mm. I've heard that a lot from people who speak multiple languages as they feel slightly different in each language. Yeah. And it's just, it's an experience that I think everyone, you know, um, should have, and it's perfectly obtainable. It's just a matter of how you go about it. Great. So why don't we dive in with how, how do you get started when you want to learn another language as an adult? So I guess the first step is, is to do what, you know, a, a kid would do and just start learning how to say things. Um, so for my, my current project, right, is, is learning Japanese. And this is my first experience personally with uh, language learning software, but I've been using Pimsleur for that. And the Pimsleur method is, is predicated on that very premise that they teach you phrases. Mm. Um, and so the way it works is it's a 30-minute lesson. It gives you a snippet of conversation in your target language and then breaks it down with you point by point how to say it, what each piece means. They give you some context and just going through it over and over and over again for 20 minutes. And then at the end, they play you that same snippet of conversation again, and you'll be able to understand it. Mm. And the goal is to bury things in your long-term memory. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is where the study habits thing comes in, because the absolute worst way to bury something in your long-term memory is to sit there and read it over and over and over Mm. again. It just doesn't work because your brain will tell you, oh, I already know that, mm-hmm. but it never translates into your long-term memory. And you go back a week later and you have no idea. Mm-hmm. 
you have to interact with the information and, and put it into context. Your brain loves context. Mm. That's how it learns everything. It associates memories with sounds, experiences, smells, visual pieces. It, it needs information around the piece of information to kind of fit it where it wants it to go. Right. So Pimsleur costs, the basic version costs $15 a month, so it won't break the bank. The premium version is $20 a month. And I like the premium version because it provides you with, with games to play, flashcards, stuff like that. Mm. So you can kind of go back and bone up on stuff that you may have missed. Mm -hmm. So there's another app. Let me get the name of it. And I haven't actually transitioned into using it for Japanese yet, but it, um, Ling Q, L I N G Q. And what Ling Q does is uh, it takes TV shows and movies in foreign languages and turns them into lessons for you. Mm, interesting. Because, like, if I want to learn Japanese, obviously I can't get, you know, in-person experience mm. in being American. But I can use that. And the, uh, the third thing is it's something called the gold list method. And this is a really good method for learning anything, uh, informationally speaking. And what you do is you get three notebooks you get a list of vocabulary words you want to learn and you pick say 30 right a pages worth write them all down in your first notebook and put it away for two weeks minimum two weeks you can do another set of 30 the next day if you want to but just write it down read it to yourself and put it away in two weeks, you come back, you open up to that page again, so you're going to want to date it and read it again, cross out the third or so of the ones you remember best, and transfer the ones you didn't cross out into your second notebook and repeat that process. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it embeds these words into your long-term memory. Mm -hmm. Sounds almost similar to like the method that the Anki flashcard app uses. Mm -hmm. It is. It's, I find it works better. Mm. Um, the, the Anki flashcards are great. If you like that better, by all means, use that. Um, so you'd say the first thing to do is vocabulary, just lots and lots of vocabulary, words, and what they mean. And then context is obviously the preferred kind of way to start. Yeah, I'd start with just phrases. Phrases. Because, mm. you know, hi, how are you? Nice weather, huh? You know, stuff like that. Stuff that you're likely to need in just an introductory conversation. Mm. Your brain will extrapolate a lot of the grammar from that just naturally. Mm-hmm. And you'll have the experience of at some point it'll just kind of click. Mm -hmm. That's that's what happened with me in Spanish. I found myself just saying things without really having to think about it. Yeah. 
And I think but, having that first like conversation in a foreign language where it's like, oh, actual communication is happening is such like a like mm-hmm. a rewarding experience for your mind that motivates you to do more. And so by starting on that kind of basic, hi, how are you stuff, then that enables you to have that kind of conversation if you ever meet a speaker of that language. Right, right. And then at a certain point in the process, you'll get to a place where studying grammar will actually be beneficial mm-hmm. to you. Um, but studying grammar for its own sake is, is kind of a waste of time. Like I'll go in and I'll look up specific grammatical information. Like what's the difference between a topical particle and a subject particle in Japanese? Mm-hmm. But it makes learning that stuff a lot easier if you already have the context. Right. I know my mom has struggled a lot yeah. with the difference between like estar and ser in Spanish, you know, which are both be mm-hmm. verbs to us, but like they have different contexts. And no matter how many times I like try to explain, okay, well, you use it this and this way and this and that way. It's never quite like complete and stuff until you really see it all mm-hmm. in context. If I give you the theoretical stuff, it's, you just can't really remember it when you need to use it. Right. I, uh, I dealt with that in the process of learning Spanish by just telling myself that, okay, eight times out of 10, I'm going to use a star. Yeah. So I just went with that. And people telling me no, in that case, you say soy over that over time. Right. right? It started. It's, uh, it's important too, right, that we define from the outset, what does fluency mm. look like? Yeah, great. Because there's so many cognitive processes that go into learning a language. Unless you immigrate to that country for a few years, five or ten even, you're never quite going to mm. get there. So when I go to learn a language, what am I trying mm. to accomplish? Yeah. Because I'll tell you right now, I do not have the best pronunciation and accent when I speak Spanish. I sound like what I imagine Hank Hill would sound if he spoke (laughs) Spanish. But nobody ever has any trouble understanding me, so I don't worry about it. And there's words that, of course, I don't know. Terminology, things of that nature. Um, But do I really need to know those things? Because if you think about it, we forget words in our native language all Mm, the time. It just, when our native languages, we usually have three or four other words we can use Mm -hmm. instead. In our L2 or L3, we may not. So it's kind of like giving myself permission to, to, you know, not be speaking fluently overnight. You're not going to end up with perfect, 100% all-encompassing knowledge of a language. Because you don't even have that of your native language. Right, right. Yeah, whenever I start and, like, with a private student in the English, teaching them English, it's always the very first thing is, what is your goal? What is your intention? What are you trying to do? Because learning English in order to study at a university in America or an English-speaking country is very different than, oh, I just want to chat with my friends in English or whatever, you know? Those are very different things, mm-hmm. have very different study courses and very different outcomes right and it's 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 a really it's all just a matter like you said of goal setting you know for for me my initial impetus to learn spanish was you know i can't talk to my in-laws if i don't because they most of them do not really speak english 
but it, it evolves over time, you know. This, this idea of fluency and, and that expressions in English can translate directly into another language, we just kind of have to toss it out. It's more about putting the information in context. If you get stuck on translating this from English into your other language, it's how do I express the same idea? Right. right. It's what's important. Like estar and um, ser. I mean, that if you try to translate those back and forth, you're going right. to struggle. But if, if I treat them as two unique concepts in and of themselves without going back to English, it becomes a lot mm -hmm. easier. Right. So, um, so you'd after we've learned some like basic phrases and we're kind of working on that and really it's like a lot and a lot of repetition, right. To move that into your long-term memory as you were saying. So, mm. but not as much as you'd think, not, not as like, I remember most of the stuff in Japanese that I learned from that Pimsleur mm. app after the first time I do it, mm. even weeks later, it's, right. it's an efficiency. Right. Thing. And that's something that probably, as you study more and you get better habits that you can do it a little quicker and more efficiently. Mm -hmm. mm. You're just going to have to use it. The sooner you can get over your fear of sounding like an idiot and just go at it, make mistakes, let people correct yeah. you, the faster you Yeah, that you is a learn. huge one, isn't it? Just talking, using the language is how you really, it really cements it in there. And I know I'm always so... When I start with a language I'm not super comfortable with, I'm so nervous to speak in front of others and all this. But in the end, like you probably don't, you don't look down. Hopefully you don't look down on people who make mistakes when they're trying to learn your language. You know, you're like, oh, let me help you. Most people are pretty friendly about it. You know, they like it when you're learning a language mm -hmm. that means something to them. And so people can be pretty friendly, I'd right. say. Yeah. And we always way overestimate how much you can mess up a language Ooh. and still be understood. <laughs> um, so if the goal of fluency is being able to get your point across, that sets a much lower bar than, you know, I wanted right. to speak like a native. And really, what, do, what does speaking mm. like a native mm -hmm. do for you? Like me personally... I could speak perfect native sounding Spanish and everybody would still know in Mexico <laughs> that I'm not a native just right. because of the way that I look. Mm. So what's the point? And there is something too about like having your accent like identifies you in a certain type of way. And so I don't know, it, it's mm -hmm. kind of weird the idea of trying to like erase your identity by becoming like a native speaker or I find that's like a weird concept to do like I don't know it's part of who you are own it right exactly and it's it's never going to happen anyway it, it just it's not something that you can get rid of very very few people do it and when they do do it it's it's for you know very specific purposes like being a spy that's a very specific, mm. special kind of training. Okay. So after that first step of, you know, you're using your apps, you're doing your stuff, you're getting these basic things. 
what can you do to further your language learning? So, so at that point, what you're going to want to mm. go for is just immersion. Uh, so using that, that LingQ program, start watching mm. TV in the language, listening to the music, uh, run around speaking it to people, even if they have no idea what you're saying, yeah. it helps you. <laughs> I, I talk to myself very frequently, you and, know, in English. But so sometimes when I'm learning a language or, you know, just for fun, I try to talk to myself in whatever other language and, <laughs> you know, just to get it going. Mm-hmm. And I'll allow yourself, right, to, to sometimes struggle to, to mm. find the information. When I f- first wake up in the morning and you try to talk to me in Spanish, I'll understand you, but it's going to be hard for me to mm. pull the words out of my brain. That's not uh that's not an indication right that you're not as good at the language it's just the way the human brain works one thing that i've found that i enjoy personally is um when i in my target language looking watching um tv shows that i'm really familiar with or like really comfortable with especially cartoons because that's easy to like Mm -hmm. dub and not be weird and so so I rewatched um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, which I loved as uh, growing up, you know, as a kid. And so I rewatched that in Spanish, mm-hmm. you know. And so I was really familiar with all of the stuff. It wasn't anything like super new. I didn't have to like really. I didn't struggle to understand what was going on. But then I still got the practice of the language. I found mm-hmm. that very helpful when I was uh, learning. Yeah. And something people overlook, too, is you can watch TV in English with subtitles Mm. in your target language. Oftentimes, shows offer more options for subtitles than Mm, they do for audio tracks. And if you're already familiar with how to read a language and how to pronounce the letters, then that's helpful, too. See, immersion is really key, you'd say, then. Uh, mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily yeah. look like, you know, going to a country that speaks that language and living there, which obviously is the most helpful, probably, but <laughs> that doesn't have to be right. that extreme. No. And at the point when you're getting to the immersion, so that's when you start focusing on vocabulary, because ideally at that point you have enough information about how the language works, which you've already learned through context from phrase study, where you can start applying that vocabulary in the something resembling the right context. And the, the goal should be to transition to learning the language mm, in yeah. the language. Once you're there, then you're golden, and it's mm-hmm. just a question of time. How far do you want to go? How much do you want to learn? Yeah, it's, I mean, that's it. It's, you know, 30 minutes a day for, you know, two to five years, depending, mm. I'd say. Yeah, just doing a little bit each day is so, so helpful, right? And I think people have this idea Mm -hmm. of, like, you have to sit down for hours and study and blah, 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 and translate back and forth. (laughs) No, if anything, that's counterproductive. You're, uh, You're just, you can't bombard your brain with that much information and expect it to stick. Just like if you were studying for an exam in school, right? Mm-hmm. It's, that's cramming. 
any anybody who's ever been to college knows that that is not the most efficient right. way to skin the cat. Right. Um, so, so you mentioned those apps that um, help with beginning things. I people always ask me about like Duolingo and some of those other ones. Do you have any experience or thoughts on those ones? So, I don't have direct experience with Duolingo, but. If you can't afford something else, because a lot of language learning software just mm. costs way too much. Um, I mean, Duolingo is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. It'll get you started. Rosetta Stone, I flat out Dude. just don't recommend it. For that price, yeah, for that price, you can get Pimsleur or there's there's apps specific to languages like there's rocket language which you can use for japanese and a couple others um but rosetta stone it just no uh pimsleur actually uses the same methodology to teach you basic language skills mm. as the government uses so when the fbi wants to go train somebody to speak arabic they use mm. that same methodology okay. Helpful to know. So you could be a spy after you learn from Pimsley. I mean, there's lots of jobs that open up when you speak strange, <laughs> yeah. uncommon languages. And there are so many, like, it surprises me how many Americans, especially in Texas, who are monolingual, <laughs> especially like I, w I went to Galveston a yeah. while back, and you know, there probably half the people there were speaking Spanish. But most of the like people, the the gringos, <laughs> were could only speak English, and it's kind of a weird thing, you know. I don't know. There, if you speak multiple languages, there's just so many more opportunities. Right, but I think as a as a society, we've really kind of internalized all the wrong ways mm. to go about learning a language. Um. I mean, think about it. Everybody takes Spanish in high school, but 20 years right. later, nobody remembers any of it. I would say, I so I took three years of Spanish in high school and then a year in university. And I could kind of get by with Spanish sometimes, like a, a little bit, but it definitely wasn't until I actually moved to Ecuador and was speaking Spanish in my daily life that it all kind of worked. And that's why I was like, oh, okay. Right. And the ideal is to flip that script, start speaking mm, yeah. it, and then study. All right, great. Do you have any right. other things that you were wanting to talk about with language learning? No, uh, that, that pretty well covers it. it it's, it's just if you want to go about it, don't, don't take my word for it. You know, go, go research it yourself because there, mm, yeah. there's differing opinions. But nobody who's actually gone and learned another language is going to recommend a college class as your mm. first course of action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know from like teaching English as a foreign language, the methodologies kind of swing back and forth and they're like, oh, no, this is terrible. Don't do that anymore. This is how we do it now. And then like, I don't know, five, ten years later, they're like, okay, mm -hmm. do not do that under any circumstance. <laughs> kind of like varies rapidly and varies from right. country to country that I've taught in, you know, some really like this method and some like that. And, you know, it probably depends on the student, you know, different people have right. different ways of learning best. Mm -hmm. So you have to figure it out for yourself a little bit, but there are definitely 
ones that I think, I think starting like the basic idea is the same, you know, of how to progress the language, how you go about that might Mm -hmm. depend on you. And that kind of goes back to the conversation you and I were having the other day about uh, Chomsky and how his theories have, have sort of upended because linguistics and language learning are Mm -hmm. two different things and one has kind of messed up the other chomsky's theories about universal grammar and all of that a lot of those methodologies you're talking about are predicated on that idea and we're just now realizing that well actually it doesn't really work like that chomsky himself has repudiated his theories about that stuff. But for the last 40 years, right. it's been taken mm-hmm. for granted. But that's everything I wanted to cover. I took up more time <laughs> than I fine. thought I we would. Great but. stuff. I mean, I love talking about language and everything. <laughs> but I think you might be one of the few people who's an even bigger language nerd than I am. <laughs> I remember in high school, <laughs> you and I having conversations yeah. about um, like conlanging, like making up our own languages and stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Russell. So it's been very fun. Of course. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You too. Be safe. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. I hope that you uh, are walking away with something valuable and useful that you've learned as always if you want to contact me um you can email me at teotamashiroharris at gmail.com all right see you next week